Hello and welcome to another episode of the Construction Corner Podcast. I'm Dylan, I'm your host, and on today's episode is just going to be me on the microphone here. With that, uh, Matt is, uh, is out sick, so figured we'd do an in-the-news section. And there's a lot going on. This is the week of Thanksgiving, and I hope all of you spend some time later this week with family reflecting on everything that there is to be thankful for. In construction, uh, in this day and age, we have a lot to be grateful for, to be thankful for, even with everything that is going on in the world around us. So to that effect, to that end, spend some time to be thankful, to be grateful, to really let people know how you feel. Um, We've been uh, fortunate this year into have, really there's so much construction going on. you know, and those of us that have taken advantage of uh, really everyone's kind of uh, lack of planning, maybe, <laughs> or lack of execution, or just waiting around to see when the next shoe is going to drop. For those of us that have been able to move forward to push on, uh, have been rewarded extremely well. We've seen just so much growth in construction over the last year, and just so many programs. Uh, rolling out and we'll give my two cents on those here but again there's a lot of good things that are happening a lot of good things that's coming and spend some time you know take a day right not the week take a day to be thankful for you know your family spend some time with them enjoy the time with them and then uh, get back to work because again here as always we want you to succeed excel in life and construction in uh, this beautiful industry so one of the things that I want to talk about is a lot of today in this episode is going to really be on labor um, and bringing people into the trades. That is a topic that we hammer on all the time, bringing more people into the construction industry, into blue collar workforce, into the trades. And one of the things that uh, came up here is the U.S. Department uh, proposed, uh, U.S. Department of Labor proposed on November 15th. So about a week ago to rescind the Trump era regulation that allowed employers to create their own versions of registered apprenticeship programs called industry recognized apprenticeship programs through standard recognition entities. Um, In the proposed rule, the Department of Labor said it no longer considers it appropriate or necessary to create an additional apprentice model, particularly one that does not guarantee the same protections for apprentices called the registered apprenticeship program, far more effective system than IRAPs. Department of Labor will accept comments for the next 60 days after publication until January 13th. Um, so with this, and I don't know everything that's within the uh, IRAP bill, and there might be some things that are within that that I can see to be, um, you know, problematic. And with apprenticeship programs, in particular the trades, you know, it's really hands-on industries, right? This is specifically for healthcare. Uh, but or for construction, but can be extended to like healthcare. One of the things that I kind of see this as akin to is uh, really so ABET accreditation. Uh, so within universities for like the professional engineering license, uh, they have to have ABET accreditation, meaning that they have to adhere to some standards, and then they can create basically uh, their curriculum around those standards. Um, this is for like all engineering licensure, same with uh, architecture. So in that they have some accreditation programs. So I don't see why this wouldn't be able to be extended to companies to allow them to create basically a framework that meets certain guidelines 
to allow people to be an apprentice within the uh, framework that they would create. Um, I think this partially unnecessarily like puts it back onto other programs and I think probably just frankly makes it harder to uh, put those in place and then you just have uncertainty around um, you know training and rigorous uh, stuff. So in that like I could see kind of both sides of this argument but at the same time ultimately wanting to make it easier, more effective and efficient to get people into the trades, to become an apprentice, to get their education skills, you know, like not just taking tests, but actual hands-on, like, can you bend pipe, right? Can you lay trim? Can you, uh, specific things, right? For each trade. And can you do an air balance test? Those things I think would be much more beneficial to the industry as a whole to have really just some rigorous standards around or some guidelines around what being an apprentice means for each industry let the trade organizations come up with their own criteria for that and then um, allow companies whether union or not to roll out these to their people ultimately this all comes down to getting people trained to getting people on the job to letting people do what they need to do um, and get trained up so that's really how i see this um until like all the details get ironed out, it's <laughs> we don't know how it's going to go uh, either way, and whether the Department of Labor, Labor is killing this just because it's a Trump thing, or um, whether they think it's a good idea, I don't know. Um, that's too political for me uh, in <laughs> this podcast. Maybe over some cocktails, um, I'll have a different opinion. But ultimately, it's who knows, like right, what this really is and and the motivations behind it that that i'm not going to speculate on but uh, ultimately you know we want ways for people to come into the trades to understand and to gain the knowledge they need to do their job effectively um so that's what what i care about there <laughs> next is uh another headline so federal state partnerships aims to expedite port infrastructure projects in california um if you haven't seen you can go to uh, marine traffic and see all the cargo ships that are basically just parked out in the ocean off the coast of California. Uh, it's coming to ports like the Port of San Francisco, LAX, uh, that kind of stuff. So here's the uh, dive brief. This is off a of construction dive. Federal and state transportation agencies are partnering to speed up and find potentially billions in financing for projects for California's ports and other infrastructure needs to help relieve congestion. Uh, part of this Okay, well, I'll finish reading all through this and then get to my opinion. So the Merging Projects Agreement uh, between the U.S. Department of Transportation and the California State Transportation Agency will help the state fast-track a network of related projects rather than using a piecemeal approach, the release said. The program aims to support multiple projects that will help the state grow, the economy, protect the environment, and modernize its supply chain processes. The federal-state partnership will ensure the creation of local infrastructure projects at aiming at approving freight movement between the San Pedro Bay ports complex and distribution centers in Inland Empire. Port of Long Beach Executive uh, Director Mario Cordero said in a statement. And uh, let me look up where San Pedro Bay is specifically uh, to give you guys a little bit of an idea on that. So San Pedro Bay is basically Long Beach uh, and they have like a terminal island, like there's all this uh, infrastructure down there to basically, I think, unload stuff, which is um, just south of L.A. So in that, um, basically all these ports, I think part of this um, really comes down again to people, to getting 
people the right hours, to allowing people to work, to bringing people back to work, to allow trucks to move. Um, really, I don't think this is an infrastructure problem. I think this is a people problem, and they aren't allowing either people to work or their people are staying home because they're getting paid more to be home than at work. And in California in particular, you can not pay rent and still live in your house. Uh, so it's pretty crazy really when it comes down to that, right? There is no incentive to pay rent. There is no incentive to do anything uh, with all the kind of mandates that have gone uh, down the pipe through COVID. And um, basically on, like you cannot pay your bills and there are no ramifications for it. I think that is a very bad world to live in. And this is effectively what we're getting is people aren't driving trucks, uh, rails aren't moving. I think trains are still moving, but um, the amount of trucks uh, and truck traffic that is needed to get, you know, containers unloaded off of ships onto trucks and out into the world um, is is a huge problem. And because of that, because there's either people aren't working at the ports, uh, truck drivers, whatever, um, they're getting paid to save more, paid to stay home, and they're never going to get kicked out of their house. Um, it's just kind of insane to me. So I think this, instead of spending money on infrastructure projects, let's not spend money, get people back to work, get them off the government uh, tit and allow them to just go and work. You know, when McDonald's is paying 17 bucks an hour, um, you know, this is why we have 6% inflation um, is because of this just dramatic increase in costs across the board. Uh, can't get anything. So what you can sell because you can't sell a volume of it, you need to increase your prices. Uh, that's just how simple economics work for you to still make money. So at the end of the day, I think this is ultimately a labor problem um, and a, an incentive problem, a culture problem, not a uh, infrastructure problem. So we'll see what happens. Again, uh, throwing money at it, I don't think is the, the answer. And really, if we can just get more people back to work uh, to what we used to be, I think it'll solve a whole, whole, whole lot of problems. Okay, next. Um, <laughs> so here's the headline, AECOM CEO, we are positioned to benefit from nearly every line item in the infrastructure bill. Um, and then they go on to talk about uh, AECOM's financials. And while I do not disagree that AECOM is well positioned for all this, uh, it just reads like a, and this is the thing that people hate about Wall Street insiders because AECOM is a publicly traded company. Um, you just see a lot of insider stuff here. And this is what people ultimately hate is that like AECOM, uh, you know, basically uh, had political people to lobby for them to get all this stuff in the bill so that they can win the government contracts as they're one of the biggest uh, contractors. And that's just like crony capitalism. And that's what people don't like. Um, not that AECOM doesn't do good work. Uh, they do. They have some really awesome projects. Um, this is just that like crony capitalism that I think people really, really hate. Um, again, not that AECOM does a bad job at all. Um, but it's <laughs> kind of the thing that I think people get really mad about in a lot of ways. Um, and they have positioned themselves just like a lot of other uh, big companies like Jacobs, Stantec um, of the world, uh, WSP, right, Floor, to, to win these projects. And again, that's great. It's good. But at the same time, um, I think this is the thing that gets a lot of people pretty angry about um, just, you know, insider uh, capitalism, especially with a $1.2 trillion headline of a bill. Um not not ultimately what you want to see, right? We want that to go to small, medium-sized businesses, not the mega corporations. So um, 
my two cents on it. Again, uh, they'll do some good stuff, but at the same time, some of this does need to go back to small and medium businesses that were shut down and, and drastically affected by uh, government intervention and mandates and uh, really overreach in the last 18 months. So that's my take on <laughs> this whole e-com thing. Yes, they're well-positioned. Um, I don't think necessarily that's a great thing. Um, you know, we need to go back to small and medium businesses that make up the bulk and the backbone of our economy of this country. And guys, so those are the, the three kind of articles that I want to go over today. Um, again, this week, no matter what happens, there's a lot of details to work out in all these bills and all the headlines and all the politics. Um, at the end of the day, what this really comes down to, what this podcast is is mostly about is doing a good job, being able to help out your fellow neighbor in your community. You know, at the end of the day, we are building communities. We're creating our roads, our buildings, our infrastructure, waterways throughout the world. And it's a really, really cool thing. But in that, we have to understand that being good to our, our neighbors, being good friends, being good family members, and helping out where it's needed, um, allowing people to, you know, whether it's just a shoulder to cry on, an ear to vent to, whatever that might be, it's, you know, being a good neighbor and being a good person, doing the right thing through and through is what we all need to kind of remember and lean on with all the chaos and every all the noise going on in the world. Um, there's maybe not as much to be optimistic out there, but I'm sure there's a lot to be optimistic, to be happy about, to be excited about within the four walls of your house. And if not, you're still alive, you're still breathing. Hopefully your roof is sealed tight and, uh, you've got a dry place to be. And with that, it's time of year to be thankful to be planning towards 2022 to have expectations and set your goals so that you can start crushing it today and allow yourself to to be a month ahead or better than uh, everybody else, right? Set those goals in motion, start planning, start executing, and allow yourself to take advantage of this time. Well, everyone else might be relaxing. It's your time to push forward, to grow, and uh, again, be thankful for everything that you have because whether you might think it or not, there is a lot to be grateful for. So guys, that's this episode of the Construction Corner Podcast. Until next time.